Oh, sorry. Hello. Um, so this is a guy named Robert Bauer, B-A-U-E-R. He is the president's private attorney. Uh, this guy works for Joe Biden in his um, in his unofficial capacity as a lawyer. I mean, he doesn't work for the government. He works for Robert Bauer. He's an attorney. Uh, his wife works for Joe Biden, Anita Dunn. She's a lefty who's been around since the Bill Clinton days. Um, and she works actually at the White House. This guy says and doesn't say some very interesting things. It's more what he doesn't say and how he doesn't say it. That's interesting. So he's on the fake news yesterday to face the nation, as we like to call it, CBS, face the nation with Margaret Brennan. Women in television news, it's interesting. They have a different set of challenges, a different set of perks, and I think they have it both easier and harder when it comes to um, these jobs. And anyway, that's not that's not important right now. I want to go to the Bob Bauer interview with Margaret Brennan on the Deface the Nation show yesterday. Remember what they're all upset about. They're upset about this report because it's devastating for Joe Biden. Totally devastating for Joe Biden. Are you ready? All right, we're ready. Are you ready? Dun, 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 dun. Are you ready? Do you care? Go ahead. And we're joined now by President Biden's personal attorney, Bob Bauer, a former White House counsel during the Obama administration. He's also married to Biden White House senior advisor, Anita Dunn. Welcome and good to talk to you in person. Thank you. Glad to be here. So the special counsel determined no prosecution should happen in regard to the mishandling of classified information. Stop! (laughs) Sorry about that. She said no prosecution should happen. No, they didn't really say that. Now, what they said was they believe a crime was committed and they think that if they brought it to case, that it would not be necessarily a slam duck. They don't think they could get a conviction because, you know, can't always get a conviction. So they, they, they in detail weigh whether or not they can get a conviction. They say Joe Biden willfully um, uh, obtained, uh, kept and disclosed classified information. A, cr- a crime was committed. Now, do you necessarily prosecute every crime that, that's committed? Not necessarily. All right. So it's way too glib, way too. Uh, and she wants to make nice on this guy, at least initially. you got to make sure he's not nervous. So they found out that there, there should be no. No, they didn't say that. They absolutely did not say that. You can't characterize it that way, uh, Margie. All right. Keep going. This was a decision in your favor. But you asked the special counsel to reevaluate what you called, quote, highly prejudicial language. Did anyone appeal directly to Attorney General Garland or the Justice Department on that point? Well, we made submissions in paper on those points. But let me just take a step back. To the special counsel. To the special counsel. And we reiterated them again on paper to the attorney general because this is a report that went off the rails. It's a shabby work product. Let's let's take a step back. It starts with a legal conclusion that was foregone from the very beginning. The investigation could have been concluded in two or three months. Stop! Shabby work product. Remember that. Shabby work product. He's not going to be able to back that up. He's not going to be able to say it's shabby. Foregone conclusion? How the hell do you know, pal? You're one of the guys who may have committed a crime here. This is one of the players. This is one of the guys who was searching for the documents. You can't trust him on this stuff. Foregone conclusion? You have no credibility on that. Keep going. 
over 15 months. And so along with the legal conclusion comes this flood of characterizations, factual misstatements, pejorative comments about the president that are inconsistent with DOJ policy and norms, and that, as you see, over the last 48 hours have been widely criticized by legal experts. Stop! Inconsistent with DOJ policy and norms. First of all, I don't give a damn about your norms. This is a lawyer. He had an assignment to figure out if a crime was committed. He thought that, yes, a crime was committed, but it probably is not worth it to prosecute. It's hugely, you're totally mischaracterizing it. Policy, not to say what the guy thought. If that's the policy, the policy is corrupt. And that actually isn't the policy. They can say anything they want in these freaking things. And oh, by the way, the thing is technically uh, classified. The whole thing is like, in, it, it's he, he, re, he reports this thing, and then it's the DOJ's decision to make it public. The guy is just getting away with murder here. Keep going. It's not what prosecutors do. It is shoddy work product. But it was the attorney general's commitment to make this public that put this in this space. Did you ever ask the Justice Department not to make it public? No. Or consider doing so? No. 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 And what did the attorney general say when you raised these issues to him? It's evident that he had committed to make the report public the way that the special counsel had written it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the report that we have. Because he did not release any additional letter or anything, did the attorney general essentially endorse this work product? I cannot say, I won't speak for the attorney general's views. I can simply say that the arguments that we made about the inconsistency of this report with basic norms, setting aside the foregone clear legal conclusion in the president's favor, the failures of this report that we brought up did not ultimately change the outcome. So Stop. in terms of- Stop ju- for a second. You notice how they're not, he's not being at all specific. Inconsistency. It's inconsistent with the norms. I guess the norms lately are that you guys harass Trump officials ad nauseum and get away with it. Even, but what, what norms to which is this guy refer, referring? Very vague, very weird. They just don't like it because Joe Biden comes out to be a lying, scuzzy, uh, manipulative jerk who broke the law. Keep going. Department policy, things are different in terms of regulation for a special counsel. Um, and I want to ask you specifically about what I think you're referring to as pejorative comments. You're specifically talking about um, what the language here from Heard that the president didn't remember when he was vice president. He forgot the first day of the interview when his term ended. When did I stop being vice president? He forgot in the second day of the interview when his term began and within several years, could not recall when his son, Bo, died. Is that specifically the part that you think is pejorative? That's among the problems uh, with the work product. Again, I'm taking it outside the legal analysis, which was foregone and correct. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it to misstatements of fact and commentary that's totally inappropriate, including the comments that you're referring to. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. Now, that's not commentary, actually. That's not commentary. If this guy is saying that Joe Biden could not remember or claim to not remember these basic things, that's a statement of fact. And this guy is not disputing the fact. It's fascinating. Lawyers are very, very crafty. But this guy, I don't think he's changing anybody's minds. Uh, keep going. So when you say misstatements of fact, you were in the room. I was. For this deposition yes, over two days, five hours. Correct. Did the president have problems recalling details? I recall from that interview a president who engaged with the questions 
very directly and gave his best recollection. And in fact, I think was quite helpful to the special counsel who elsewhere in the report actually cites as compelling and forceful one piece of that testimony. Let me tell you a striking sort of vignette, as I recall it, from the interview. The special counsel opens by thanking the president for making the scheduled appointment. Mm -hmm. It could have been rescheduled given international events. And he makes a point of saying we're grateful that knowing what else is going on in the world, that you kept the appointment. And and then he proceeds. I'll address that question as well. Then he proceeds to say, I'm going to be taking you through events that are many years ago. Mm -hmm. He flags that. So all I can ask is your best recollection. And that is precisely what the president did. He engaged. He answered the questions. And the special counsel's decision to cherry pick in a very misleading way some of the references that you're discussing here is an example of what I call a really shabby work product and completely out of bounds for a prosecutor. I should mention also, Margaret. Stop. Shabby work product. Just because... I think I think Joe Biden has a shabby mind. Your your beef was with Joe Biden and his recollection or not having a recollection. No lawyer in the world is going to be upset if their client can't remember. There's a whole other possibility here also that this guy might be in on that Joe Biden was overplaying as as shabby as his brain is, Joe's. He may have been overdoing it, over like hyping it, playing up the memory problem. So he would not have to really weigh in on anything. And Joe only has so many cards he can play, right? He's not a smart guy. He can't outwit these guys. These guys went to some of the best law schools in the country. They're career prosecutors. They know what the hell's going on. And they know when they're being lied to. And they know when they're being spun. And they know when they're being screwed with. And they also know when they're being yelled at. And it's clear to me that Joe Biden was yelling at these guys. Help! he yells at everybody else. He yells at Peter Ducey, right? Why wouldn't he yell at these guys? And there's language here that tells me he was yelling. Joe Biden was emphatic. Those notebooks belong to me. Every president has done it. It's impossible to imagine Joe not yelling that stuff. All right, keep going. Council rules uh, do not exempt the special counsel from DOJ norms and policies. In fact, they specifically hold the special counsel to DOJ norms and policies. Norms. Let me let me I want to see the policy where you say you have to be normal. Where is, the, where is the policy that says you must be normal? Guys can write whatever the hell they want. This is still America. You cannot. Gosh, they got a rule for everything, don't they, right? Well, 2.04 form X-ray W cannot weigh in with extraneous. Shut up. Gave this guy a job. He did it. Keep going. You're talking about and letters you've released make it sound like there are indeed transcripts that you have of these conversations over the 8th and the 9th. Yes, I'm drawing here on my recollections. But, yes, there are transcripts. And as you heard um, Ian Sams in the press briefing room say, you know, there are discussions underway because it's a classified document about Mm -hmm. what could or whether will be or when released. I can't add anything to that today. Do you favor releasing them? Well, it's really a decision that has to take place within the government. It's a classified the document. Counsel, I'm the president's personal counsel. Right. Would you recommend yes. that these be made public if they indeed back up your personal record? Again, there's a process underway. I'm not a specialist in Busted! that process. Busted! 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 I can't see. If this is what you say it is, and I noticed that you already you already kind of uh, gave it a little. Well, this is this is my recollection. You can recall, right? <laughs> Guys, they're all lying their asses off. And if this thing showed what you pretend it says, you'd want that you'd want that thing out.
hey, and the real thing that we want out isn't the transcript. It is the recording, which exists, of Joe Biden um, reading classified material to his ghostwriter. That's a tape recording. Joe Biden's voice giving classified stuff to somebody who's not qualified, doesn't rate hearing it. That's the money clip. That's the one we want. Everyone's talking about this transcript, so I don't think we're ever going to see. Keep going. So I really have to defer to those who have to work through those issues. Okay, but because just this past week alone, the president, in public remarks, mixed up the leaders of France, Germany, and he referred to Egypt as Mexico. Does the president have any memory problems? He does not. I was in the interview room. And, And let me tell you one other vignette from the interview room. There were a couple of occasions when the special counsel, who had flagged at the beginning that sometimes he asks imprecise questions, asked questions that the president picked apart as a matter of logic. Mm -hmm. He showed that the questions didn't have a logical underpinning. Now, everybody in the room recognized that was the case. It showed the president was listening carefully and understood precisely what was wrong with those questions. Mm -hmm. I didn't come away from the special counsel's failure to ask precise questions and think to myself, he has mental acuity problems. I just thought he was asking bad questions. So the vice president accused the special counsel. Can you give us an example of anything? What the hell is that? What? He wasn't asking logical questions. You're telling us Joe Biden ran circles around this guy? I don't think so. This is fun. You guys are so busted. That guy you just heard, by the way, Bauer, he's the one who uh, went rummaging around Joe Biden's garage and found the secret stuff. He's the one who found the secret stuff inside the house and wouldn't give it to the FBI because he didn't have permission to. Because Joe Biden would not give him permission, would not give the FBI permission. So instead they gave it to a White House lawyer. Which totally undermines this whole, we were cooperative every, every step of the way. We opened our orifices wide open. The only orifice of Joe Biden's that's wide open is, right, right, right. All right. I'll be right back with more. Excuse me. I have to do this one other thing about the orifice of Joe. Because he said everything was open except the uh, orifice that surrounded his um desk with all the classified stuff on it in his house in Wilmington. Uh, let's see here. Bowers is his, is his personal attorney. On January 12, 2023, Bauer informed Lausch, Lausch's DOJ guy who's investigating this thing before Mr. Herr. Bauer informs Lausch of the discovery in the basement den of secret documents. The FBI sent agents to the house that evening to recover the classified material. But Bauer informed Lausch that, at that time, Bauer did not have Mr. Biden's consent for the FBI to search and seize his notebook that contained the marked classified document. Now, how about, wait, did you get that? Bauer, the attorney for Joe Biden, informed Lausch, the Department of Justice lawyer, under which is the FBI, that at that time, Bauer did not have Mr. Biden's consent for the FBI to search and seize the notebook that contained the more classified documents. Now, when is this? This is January 12th, 2023. This is two months into the investigation. Joe Biden is still calling the shots what the FBI can and cannot do. Do you see this? Does anybody else see this? Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Hey, thanks for nothing, Fox News. You guys are already on Jonathan Turley talking about Fonnie Willis. I know. I know it's juicy, but he ain't going to have any impact on that. 
This, this has to be highlighted. This can bring down Joe Biden right here. It can, and it should. Joe Biden was telling the FBI what to do during this investigation. Thus, on Bauer's instruction, Richard Sauber of the White House Counsel's Office met agents at the House and escorted them to the marked classified material found in the notebook in the basement cabinet. Agents observed Sauber pick up the notebook and leaf through it. Sauber and the agents eventually found two documents with classified markings. A three-page PowerPoint presentation marked Secret No Foreign Pre-Decisional, dated May 22, 2013, related to Afghanistan. A three-page memo labeled Top Secret, shorthand for Top Secret Compartmentalized Information, dated November 1, 2013, relating to Iraq. The agent seized the documents with classification markings and secured the foreign policy notebook in a locking classified document courier bag. (coughs) Hold on. Stay with me. After discussions with Lausch, Sauber provided the foreign policy notebook to FBI agents two days later. Two days later. That means the White House had it for two days and the FBI didn't, but the FBI knew they didn't and they wanted it. That is not cooperating and that is not opening every orifice, Joe, especially you with your orifices. It's very exciting when you find out things that nobody else knows. Uh, it's somewhat bewildering when you find out things that everybody else could find out, but they don't. <laughs> so I'm excited and bewildered at the same time. And so many people are just kind of sitting on their whatever and letting uh, the New York Times, the fake news, decide what's news and what's not. Uh, you know, folks, they're never going to do this fairly. Uh, we should do this on our own. I keep thinking about that guy who called earlier. What was his name? Tim, somebody from the Hudson Valley. You know, it's so easy to come up with, oh, well, I think this theory, I think that theory, I think this theory. I, I, nobody wants to break their ass. Nobody wants to sweat it out and read this damn stuff. I mean, I granted it's a pain. It's not, but it's fascinating. It's, it's so worth it. I've said this a million times. If you read these kinds of documents, you will know a million times more than anybody in the fake news. You think Willie Geist is reading this stuff? No, all he knows how to do is uh, sit there and gaze at, Joe and Mika and agree with them. And same for anybody who sits at that dopey table or anybody at the New York Times. Anybody. The truth shall set you free, Barbara. Hello. Hi. Hi, Greg. Oh, my gosh. When I saw the picture on Twitter of you sitting at the table with the papers and your pens and reading, and I was just so grateful to you for using your intelligence and your time to do that. And on Abraham Lincoln's birthday, which is today, this is what he would say about what you were doing. He would agree with you. Abraham Lincoln said, I am a firm believer in the people. If given the truth, they can be depended upon to meet any national crisis. The great point is to bring them the real facts. He said that? Abraham Lincoln, yes. And today's his birthday? Yes, it is. It is. Yep. How about that? Would you do me another favor, Barbara? Would you send that to me? I will. I I will. I I know about one. You know, I I use about. uh, I don't use them all, but you know, you know how to do. I know how to do it when I do it, and I think I'm going to do it with this one. Thank you. Did you want to say something else? By the way, other you're 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 channeling all our founders. 
James Madison said, the advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. And Benjamin Franklin, seeing you sit at that table on the weekend working on this, Benjamin Franklin said, energy and persistence conquer all things. So you are channeling our founders. You're doing the work that they would want done, that they would do themselves. Good for you and good for us, and thank you so much. Well, it's my pleasure, my honor, Barbara, and I'll point out, I know you do plenty of work. You, you, I mean, God, you're one of my inspirations, but, you know, so many people out there, especially the guys, you know, you can uh, you can sit back and let corporate America and these woke corporate types, they don't care about America, they care about money, they don't care about us, they care about uh, themselves becoming richer and more powerful. Who needs it? Turn off the NFL, the stupid bowl. I don't care if it's the greatest game of the year. It's a waste of time. All we do is get fatter and dumber when we sit there and watch their stuff. And those guys get in better shape and richer. No, I, I got other things to do. We got other priorities. Barbara, thank you so much. Uh, let's go to, uh, Sandra. Hi. Oh, hi, Greg. Greg, I was thinking about those boxes in the garage of the Biden family. <laughs> if I was his wife, I would have said, I want those ugly boxes out of that garage. And then he would say to me, well, they are very, very important. They're documents from the White House. So then I would say, well, they don't belong there. Put them where they belong. But if he didn't say anything to me, the scary part is <laughs> I might get rid of those boxes myself. I would give them warnings. Look, I don't want them there. They're ugly. I don't want to see them. And eventually they would go to the next place, which is maybe a storage room that I have. And then if I didn't hear from him on that, they would end up maybe going in the garbage. I hate to say it. So I'm just trying to say you don't know who else is in the family that might make a mistake on something important like that. And, uh, and, and I just think to have those boxes in a garage, and, and if they're important like that, he should have said something to Jill. And she takes care of him, and she does a lot of stuff for him. So she should have said, those don't belong there, honey. Let's put them somewhere safe, or let's give them back, or whatever. Well, That's what I, I was thinking. I, I don't – all right. But, I mean, look, there were a lot of people have dirty garages. A lot of people have a bunch of crap. A lot of people have garages that look just like that. But – most people don't have classified information and you would think that somebody of his experience of, of the positions he's held would not be so careless cavalier with information. By the way, this information posed if disclosed a grave, I think they use this for freight, a grave, grave risk to national security, grave G-R-A-V-E, some of this stuff is top secret. That is a grave threat to American national security if it falls into the wrong hands. Sitting there in the garage, Donald Trump had a billion times more respect for these documents, which he lawfully, lawfully possessed, lawfully, and he did the right thing. He put them in rooms inside a house. Show me one in a home. The only people who uh, have been careless with these documents... Since this whole document thing started, Joe Biden and the FBI. Remember the FBI throwing those pieces of paper on the ground, trying to make it look worse and taking a picture of it? Oh, my God. How could anybody be so irresponsible? That's the FBI did that. Thank you, Sandra. Um, hello, Russ. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. 
Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hi, Greg. Uh, have you thought about, is there a path for Michelle to replace Biden and Kamala? Yeah, we said that a million times. Yes, of course there is. Do you, well, what way do you think there is for her to do it? What do you mean? Well, I mean, Kamala's not going to go willingly unless she's given something good like governor of California. Doesn't you know, ma- doesn't, Newsom- doesn't, first of all, you can't give somebody governor of California, and it doesn't matter what Kamala says. The moment Michelle is picked, Kamala becomes nobody, – nobody thinks about Kamala ever again. She's over. She could raise a fuss. She could do this. She could do that. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares because Michelle Obama will totally eclipse, vanquish. Nobody will ever think about Kamala Harris again if Michelle gets this thing. And, you know, there are people out there, even people on the left, even people, you know, women who understand, the whole country understands that Joe, that there's only one sillier person in America than Joe Biden, and that's Kamala Harris. So, you know, she can huff and puff, and I don't even think she will. So that's what I think. What are you getting at, Russ? What I'm getting at is there going to be some hard feelings if she's just dumped like yesterday's trash. Who Feelings. Oh, my God. You're worried about somebody's feelings? This is politics. This is politics. It doesn't matter what, what she thinks. She's lucky to be there. She's, I mean, <laughs> they'll, they'll get, and oh, by the way, don't forget, the Bidens hate her. The Bidens right. absolutely despise her. Now, the Bidens' opinion is getting less and less important by the moment. Uh, a, a Barack, you know, likes her, probably has the hots for her, but there's only so much he's going to do. He's not going to break a sweat for, uh, for Kamala anymore. She has disgraced herself and the office. She doesn't know how to behave in public. She doesn't know how to carry on. I mean, she's just a, a total buffoon, and we can all see that. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm surprised you up there in White Plains would care about what the hell uh, Kamala Harris is going to think. Who cares if her feelings are hurt? Who cares? Tough, what I want you to co- toughen up, Russ. <laughs> Smarten up. Care about what happens in the country. And she could. It doesn't matter. I mean, the, the country is the country. Kamala's feelings are Kamala's feelings. She'll just take a few more pills and have to get over it. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, I look, I don't want anybody to be hooked on drugs, but, you know, and by the way, I, I mean this, by the way, every time I say it, uh, uh, Hunter, Kamala, uh, anybody who's fighting that fight, and if I can help in any way, I will say this, the Bible will help more than anything else. But if I can help in any way, I mean this. You never know. You never know who's listening. The person I'd really like to speak to who I think I could actually help is Ashley, Joe's daughter. Because I, I, a lot of the things she went through, I kind of I, I I empathize with because I've been there. Anyway, uh, thanks, Russ. Uh, let's see here. Uh, do I want to do another one? I'll tell you why. Because I'm a little bit. Uh, my throat is a little bit tired. I'm going to just listen to Carmine here, and I won't say anything. Hi, Carmine. Hello, Greg. When you mentioned your father, uh, for me, your father was. A unique guy. And I say that because whenever I heard him on the radio or saw him on TV, your father commanded uh, a respect. He projected an integrity. I can't explain it, but it was there, 
it was part of the makeup of your father. Well, thank you. I agree. There's something special about the guy. I mean, I know this from growing up with him, but, you know, I've heard what you've said before. People are just kind of like, and I think that's it, integrity. You know, he did the right thing. He always did the right thing. He wasn't out for himself. I know it. I'm a firsthand witness. I saw it all. And, um, and, and it's, it's amazing to me that people could pick up on that, whether it's on the radio or television. And I don't think they just picked up on it just by seeing one interview with him or something like that. Got to remember how long he was, you know, on the scene a dozen years. And most of those years, by the way, were around before the smartphone. So people are like watching TV and reading the newspaper, and he's making an impression, a very powerful and positive one. So, Carmine, that's very nice of you. Many thanks. I agree. There's something really special about him, and I'll be right back. Uh, I got to finish up with this uh, slimy lawyer for Joe Biden. His name is Bob Bauer, B-A-U-E-R. His wife works for Joe Biden in the White House. This cat is outside the White House. This is the guy who found some of the secret stuff in the garage seven weeks later seven weeks later they get around to that garage what the hell else was in the garage (laughs) you know they were finding documents in november december january all the way up until june and they they tell us oh immediately 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 and they also told the fbi to get lost they told the fbi to get lost i got it right here in this doozy of a file in this this report all right i want to hear as this guy wraps up uh, the fake news Kind of busting his chops a little bit. All right. Uh, let's continue with the the Face the Nation show featuring Margaret Brennan, the woman who hosts that show. It was been given a lot of opportunity throughout her career and, and, and good for her. Yeah, that's good. All right. Hit it. Clearly politically motivated. What evidence do you have to back up that assertion? What I was concerned about in the course of this investigation is that we had a special counsel who had one eye on the foregone legal conclusions and one eye on the inevitable storm from members of his own party when he had to conclude that the president had not broken the law. So you have to wonder, with those pressures impinging on the investigation from the outside, knowing the attacks the Republicans had levied on the law enforcement process, did he decide, we would have to ask, that he would reach the only legal conclusion possible and then toss in the rest of it to placate a certain political special, constituency? All right, stop for a been- second. This guy did not conclude that no law was broken. He concluded that the law was broken. It says that right off the top that he's ignoring that Joe Biden willfully uh, retained and disclosed classified information. Now, whether or not you can get a conviction, that's different. That's a That's a discretionary story. And it's the discretion that I find very interesting here. You know, that's what we actually need from ethical prosecutors, discretion. And that's what we don't have from, what's his name, um, uh, Jack Smith, who's just out to get Trump. That's the order. The nerve of these people, Bauer. Ha <laughs> ha, Bauer, you know I got your number. You know it. You know it. And if you don't, I'm going to find your email. And I'm going to send you this uh, this little sequence, okay, and in addition to some other little clips I've been doing. All right, keep going in the past by Democratic senators from his home state of Maryland. Um, and I know when the president took office, he said he wants to restore the honor, integrity and independence of the DOJ. Doesn't leveling these charges of being politically motivated do the same thing Donald Trump does when he says that the system's rigged? 
that's not what we're saying. Nobody's arguing on our side. I'm not arguing that the system is rigged. We're looking at this particular performance by this particular special counsel in this particular case. And as legal experts around the country are saying, it just goes off the rails. It's a shabby piece of work. He arrived at the right legal conclusion, and then 400 page later, misstatements of facts and totally inappropriate and pejorative comments that are unfounded and not supported by the record. The this guy, this guy, does not actually take one fact that's not true. He doesn't point to something and say he writes this and it's not true. He can't do that. Off the rails. Who cares what a bunch of people said on TV? A bunch of people on TV haven't read this damn thing. Nobody has. Just me. And I'm not even done with it, quite frankly. Keep going. Blamed his aides, even though he also said, I guess I wanted to hang on to some of these documents for posterity's sake. Were any of his aides punished for what the president said is their fault? Security I heard the president say that mistakes were made in the packing and shipping of materials during the transition. Right. And he wished he had looking back on staff. it. He had spent more time looking right. into it. He was, of course, busy. He was continuing to be the vice president of the United States. I don't know that blaming his aides other than assigning the responsibility where it lay with the staff is what the president had in mind. He was saying staff was clearly involved, responsible for the packing. We don't see presidents and vice presidents during transitions packing boxes. Uh, but he recognizes now when he looks back Stop. on it, maybe. That's exactly what this report says. That's exactly what this report says, that Joe Biden, as a sitting vice president, was packing and stacking boxes. Page 151. On January 7, 2017, the Bidens moved furniture and personal belongings out of the Naval Observatory and into the Virginia home using a private moving company. The Bidens paid for the move themselves and packed their own belongings with the help of staff members and Naval enlisted aides. Mr. Biden was personally involved in the move. He selected which pieces of government-owned furniture from the Naval Observatory he bought and moved to Virginia, directing some of the packing, and was personally present for the entirety of the move. One military aide recalled seeing him packing by himself and just him moving his stuff one at a time into the truck at the Naval Observatory on moving day. And the Secret Service agents saw Mr. Biden moving boxes at the Virginia House during the weekend of his move into that house. This man is not telling the truth. And why would he? His client doesn't tell the truth. The The more I think about this and the more I hear these guys, their arrogance, the angrier I get. Not only at him, but the fake news. What's the name of this woman? Margaret Brennan on, on Face the Nation. That's quite that's quite a show. Face the Nation. And he's lying to your face. And because you are more focused on makeup and hair and those silly blue double-breasted things that you and Nora wear, you're not equipped. You don't have a clue in how to handle this. The guy's lying his ass off right to your face, totally mischaracterizing a report that is available to anybody with a phone and you can't hack it yeah it does kind of piss me off excuse me all right keep going or involvement on his part was necessary because it didn't go the way he thought it should have gone. But specific to the documents related to Afghanistan, he did say he might have hung on to it for posterity's sake. Not that an aide hung Margaret, on to it. Margaret, you're referring, to be clear, and this is again a result of a report that was written in a particularly shabby and shoddy way. 
He's referring to a personal handwritten memorandum to the president of the United States, President Obama, Mm -hmm. his own personal handwritten memorandum that even the special counsel acknowledges was one that he would not have thought would include classified information. He thought it was a sensitive private document, Mm -hmm. as were all his conversations with President Obama. But that's what it was, his own personal written memo to the president on a policy issue. And I might add, his position on that was well known, well known. Yes. Um, I'm told we have to leave it here. But, uh, Bob Bauer, thank you for coming in. It's a in. pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, no kidding. It's a pleasure for this guy. He ran circles around her. You're told? Who the hell's telling you that? Do what I do. Tell them to... <laughs> We're blowing off the commercial break. I'm going to smack this guy around for a little bit. What the hell's going on? Who's actually running the... Who's running this democracy? Who's running this? Go to hell. All right. I got to get the hell out of here myself. I don't have much time. Very quickly, um, uh, where is this guy again? Where is this guy? Where is this guy? Uh, Robert, hello. Hey there, Greg. I like your show. You should be national. Let me ask you a question. Well, you're in Virginia. I'm on in a number of different cities. I mean, um, you know, getting there, and I'm certainly national on the other thing. But all right, what's up? Okay, from the iHeartRadio. What's the first question you'd ask if you had some information compromised? I mean, important information. What would be logically the first question someone, an investigator, would ask? I don't know what you're, I mean, why don't you tell me, because you got this scenario in your head. I don't know what you're, well, what? What nefarious actors may have seen that information? How come no one's trying to find that out at the Biden Center or at his garage where Hunter and his Chinese cohorts used to parade, had free reign of the place? How come no one's asking when you that say question? when you say how come no one is, you know, saying that that actual issue is is explored in the in the in the document here. It is explored. I mean, you know, Robert, it's it. They talk about how no classified information made it into the uh, his books, but it's obviously implicitly an issue. I mean, when you say no one's talking about it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Robert, what's the other point? Legal people should be investigating. Legal this. people should be investigating. Well, look, we got this baby right here. I suggest you read it, Robert. Everybody else should read it. And uh, tune in to my various video initiatives whenever you can. I'll be right back. I mean, I'll be back tomorrow.